This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Wentzmo Kings Meadow. What a season we've had. WSL champions, uh, Conti Cup winners, Champions League finalists. And to talk it all through in our season review is my wonderful co-host Jane. Jane, how are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm doing good. I can't believe the season is over. There's going to be nothing, nothing till September. I know, it feels like we've just got started and now it's all all done. Um <laughs> Also joining us to go through such you know, a big season is a, a first-time guest and one that I'm excited to have on, uh, the delightful Meg Ahern. Meg, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's a pleasure. Um, with our first-time guests, we get them to talk through their sort of Chelsea history, how they got to support in Chelsea, um, their favourite players, their most memorable games, etc. So I'll just pass the microphone to you metaphorically and um, yeah, let you speak. Um, well, my dad always supported Chelsea, so I kind of like had to had to support Chelsea. I almost had no choice, to be honest. Um, but I supported the the men's team before I supported the women's team. Um, but I went to the um, FA Cup final in 2015, and that's the, the like the first ever women's football match in general I've ever been to, and the first ever Chelsea women's match. And I was just so amazed by what I saw that I, when I went home, I had to like do more research. Um, and that's actually when I found the um, the supporters group on Facebook, which I joined. Um, so that was good. And now I um, write some articles for the CFCW social on Twitter, um, which has been an exciting thing because I never really like did anything like that. And it's really almost kind of like made my connection to the women's team even stronger. Um, my favorite, my favorite player is Fran Kirby, and it, she always has been my favorite player. But I always say this to anybody that ever asks me: is that I could probably choose any of them to be my favorite players because I think they're all just like special and amazing in their own way. Um, and my best memory is probably just that that FA Cup final, just because of how of how amazing it was. 
Yeah, I suppose that's a similar story for lots of people. I think we've had where they've said, you know, it's the men's team first, and then they come across the women's team, and once they've experienced it, that they're hooked. And you know, yeah. like you write in articles, the podcast has been for me the way to you know establish a bond. Um, let's go way back then um, to the season curtain raiser, the FA Community Shield, which was exactly six months after Chelsea's last competitive fixture following the curtailment of the 2019-2020 season. Um, they faced Manchester City. Um, Jane, did the result of the performance in that game give you confidence ahead of the season? Um, after we got the win, I did think, like, we've won one trophy. What's stopping us from winning more? I was gutted it was on a Saturday because obviously I was working. So, like, in between washing people's hair, I was, like, quickly looking at it on my phone. So, I managed to see both goals, though. I got quite lucky. But I, after we got that, I was like, right, that's it. We can go on and win big this season. You didn't mistakenly cut someone's fringe off because Chelsea scored. <laughs> no, everyone was empty and I sort of like cheered to myself. Just hear a big scream in the back. And everyone's like, oh, Chelsea <laughs> don't worry about us, just joking. Um, Meg, Chelsea made you know, some big signings in the summer. Um, Vanilla Harder from Wolfsburg, Liverpool's from Bayern Munich, alongside youngsters like Jesse Fleming and Neve Charles. Um, did it feel to you like something big was happening with Chelsea this season with those signings? Yeah, definitely. I think, like, especially the big ones like with Harder and Leopold's, I think just because of how, like, well-known they are, even club-wise and internationally. And then also Jesse, too, is very... has been played for Canada for a long time. Um, so, yeah, um, I didn't really know much about Neve Charles before she came to Chelsea, but I've been so impressed with how she's how she stepped up this season and Emma really was trying to make something big out of this club and she, has, she definitely has this season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jane, a departure in the summer I wanted to talk about is, you know, Ramona Backman. She went to PSG. Uh, as someone that didn't really follow the women's team at this stage, she was a big signer at the time I remember her signing, but it didn't seem like anything sort of happened with her. You know, what was the sort of situation with her? Why didn't it work out? Why did she leave? Um, um, I think it's tough when players leave. I think with the likes of Ramona, I was quite shocked that without with all clubs to go to PSG, I was shocked by because she had her partner at West Ham. So I did think if she was to leave, she would go somewhere local. But I think Ramona's the sort of player that wants game time all the time. And she wasn't getting that on Chelsea. Emma rotates the squad. And some games she was sitting on the bench. And I think that might have been one of the reasons she could have left because she didn't want to sit on a bench. She wanted to play all the time and she didn't want to give others the opportunity. Yeah, so I think that sort of when Emma spoke about when we beat the WSL record and she spoke about good humans and everyone sort of pulling together, I thought maybe that could have been a dig at a big player that, that weren't happy to put the team first because they, like you said, she wanted to play every game. But... I guess we'll, we will we'll never know that for sure. Um, some other departures in the summer, Adelina Eggman, Diana Cooper, Anita Ashkanti. Sort of, Meg, looking at the squad before that opening game, sort of, you had to be excited to be a Chelsea fan with those players in it, didn't you? Oh, definitely, definitely. I think, I think with Pernil signing being like the fact that how big she actually is as a footballer, I think to have her at Chelsea is huge because it shows that like players want to come play at Chelsea because there really is something special happening 
And it also shows how good Emma Hayes is as a manager, that people want to play under Emma Hayes rather than anyone else in England. So definitely, I was very excited. Yeah, I suppose still at times this season, you're like, oh, Penelope Harder actually plays for Chelsea. Um, uh-huh. She still plays yeah. for us. Um, so the way I thought I'd run this review is that we'll go through month by month the results, and then we'll discuss some of the big talking points from, from those months. Um, so Jane, talk us through September, you know, the start of the season. So Chelsea started the WSL season on the 6th of September, drawing 1-1 with Manchester United, followed by a 9-0 victory over Bristol City on the 13th of September. Yeah, Meg, the start of the season was, you know, prior to me watching the women's team, um, something that I've so spoken about already. Um, I did some research, some research rather, on the starting lineup for that fixture, and it was Telford in goal, Mielder, Bright, Eriksson, Anderson, Liverpool's Ingle, G, Kirby, Kerr and Wrighton. And that's sort of interesting to me because it's not a million miles away from you know, the team that played in the Champions League final, really. So it shows that you know, there was a lot of consistency through the season, doesn't it? That was the team that started. Yeah, definitely. I think Emma really trusts everybody. So I think even with the big signings coming in, she still, want, she still was happy to play everybody as normal because she trusted them as much no matter, well, no matter who came in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if it weren't for an injury, I suppose, you know, that, that back four probably would have been the back four that started in in uh, Gothenburg. Jane, the other moment from that match, obviously in the 80th minute, Penina Harder made her debut. Um, and it was just one week after the Champions League final, um, which shocked me. An exciting moment for Chelsea fans to witness her, not in the flesh, but via the TV. Yeah, it was lovely seeing her get her debut for Chelsea. Obviously, only being she was only with the squad for a week. I did think maybe like it was too soon, like it sort of seemed a bit rushed. But she's the sort of player that could settle in quite quickly. I think it did help, obviously being with Magda. It sort of helped her settle in, and that's why Emma was confident to bring her on. Yeah, and so as we got further into the season, you know, people have been critical of Pedro Harder, but you know, she didn't have any break between the seasons, you know, one week from playing in the final to then coming on for Chelsea against Manchester United. So that should you know, be thought of as well when discussing the season. Uh, Make the second game in September, that 9-0 against Bristol City, famous for Chelsea having nine different goal scorers. I'm going to quiz you now for all nine goal scorers. Ten points if you oh, go I couldn't, I couldn't, I don't think I could because it, I almost... I almost don't actually remember the game it was that long ago because we've had that long of a season. I definitely know that Anne Katzenberger didn't score, although it was it was looking that close that she could have been the next one. Well, you've only got two that didn't score, so maybe it's easier to do two that didn't score rather than nine that did. Um, Jane, any any how many do you want to guess? If I just say random names, I'm surely I'll get some of them right. No, I think. Did Kirby score? Kirby scored. She scored the goal. Kerr scored the last goal. Erin. Yeah, she scored the fourth goal. Guru. No. Okay. Leopold's. Yeah, she scored the third goal. G. No. Um. Marin. Yeah, she scored the second goal. Uh, Millie. Yeah, Millie scored the fifth goal. 
trying to think who's well, free in the to squad. Get. Free to get. I don't think Beth played that game, or did she? She did. She did. She did. And she scored. Um, Sophie? No. Two new signings. Charles? Yeah. And did Fleming score? She hasn't scored. Lupos. Big thing. You said her earlier. Oh. Who and I said Peniel? Yeah. The biggest signing in history. <laughs> that one. Yeah. I didn't realise her debut goal was against Bristol. Yeah. Well, that's what it said online. So okay. it's not true. I, I did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> I only went through the whole squad. Yeah. I only went through everyone apart from Aggie Beaver Jones together. Um <laughs> Let's move on then after that terrible quiz. Um, October, Jane, what happened? So October started with a 1-0 win over Birmingham on the 4th of the month. Three days later, we beat Arsenal 4-1 in the Conti Cup and then rounded off the month with a 3-1 win over Manchester City. Yeah, Jane, a great start in, in the Conti Cup, wasn't it? Um, sort of the competition that we won the previous season. So, yeah, we want to um, obviously retain that. and Beating Arsenal 4-1, couldn't ask for a much better start than that, could you? Yeah, it was a great start to the Conti Cup. Obviously, that was the one game that Chelsea decided not to televise. So, us actually knowing the score, we was just relying on Twitter. And as people know, Twitter isn't the best place for scores. But to come away with a 4-1 win at the end of it, that just put us we put us in the right mindset and she was showing clubs that we want this trophy again. Yeah, I kind of remember that. It was something to do with Hyundai sponsoring the sleeves. And then Continental sponsoring the cup and they couldn't show the game. Um, yeah, stupid. Meg, obviously the highlight of October is beating Manchester City 3-1. You know, this league's often decided by results between your two best teams. And even this early on, it was a huge result, wasn't it? Oh yeah, massive result. Um, I just remember how well everybody played that game. Um, but one person that still stood out to me even now is Erin Cusper. I thought she was absolutely fantastic in that game. I just thought she was just amazing. And it just showed City and the rest of the league that we were really serious about winning the league again. Yeah, huge, huge moment. And Erin, we love Erin. She should play uh, more games in, in our opinion. Um, 100% win rate in October. Jane, how did we fare in November? So November started with another Conti Cup game. This time was a 2-0 win over Tottenham on the 8th of November. Chelsea beat Everton 4-0 and on the 15th they drew 1-1 away at Arsenal. Yeah, Jane, the Arsenal game, um, very, very important. Do you remember why? That was the first, That was when we started the podcast. It was. Absolutely. All those months ago. I'm glad I got I'm glad I got that right. <laughs> yeah. So Meg, that was I'm gonna say that's the first game I properly watched. Um I have seen Chelsea Women before, but this is where I took a proper interest in the team. I remember noticing sort of a lack of fluidity, sort of the attacking players new together. That's what sort of struck me and I think that was due to them not having much time together. So we spoke about Peniel only coming a week after the final. Fran just coming back from injury. Did that play a huge yeah. yeah, definitely. I think I think it's to be expected when you introduce new players right at the beginning. I think, especially like you said, with Peniel not having much of a pre-season. And especially because I think everybody expected 
Pernil maybe to like hit the ground running straight away that maybe it just took a bit longer than but, but most people respected. Yeah, I think Pernilla mentioned, I don't know if this was then, but she said about um, people expecting her to score every game and just get the ball and run through the whole team. Uh, and probably a bit confused as to why she wasn't doing that. But um, I don't know if that was then, but definitely a, an impact from her sort of start to the year. Um, I'm beating again in November, Jane. How did we do in our first month for recording? So our podcast review started with a 3-0 win over West Ham, a 5-0 win over Benfica in the Champions League, a 1-0 win over Brighton and a 3-0 win over Benfica in the second leg back at Kings Meadow. Yeah, Jane, again, those two league wins against West Ham and Brighton, they were both you know tight games, very cagey, much different to how we saw the team playing in sort of April, May time. Yeah, that was a sign that we still hadn't quite figured out the best formation uh, or the best lineup to pick from the players that we had at that point, and we were still learning the best recipe, shall we say? Yeah, I was lucky enough to go to the West Ham game, and I was quite shocked that it ended three-two. I was thinking West Ham would score at least one goal, but that was when they swapped managers from Matt Beard, and I think. With their new manager came in, that actually pushed them quite a lot and it made us work really hard in that game. And I think, like you said, we were still trying to find our perfect squad, as you like to call it. Yeah, that was... What was the next game? I was supposed to go to that one and they... Um, that was Benfica, wasn't it? That they stopped the yeah. team. Yeah. Thanks for that, COVID. Um, Meg, the start of the Champions League, obviously a highlight for many. Um and at the time, we weren't sure about Benfica, you know, what sort of team they were going to be. But, you know, that 8-0 eight, eight aggregate win, that was a sign that this Chelsea team was was pretty serious in Europe, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. I actually, um, I really enjoyed the two games against Benfica, especially um, the first leg, because we we played really, um, we played really well, especially with Frank Kirby becoming our all-leading all-time leading goal scorer. And also with Pernil scoring as well, was quite exciting to see. Yeah, I remember watching that game because we were saying before um, that some of their players didn't have Wikipedia pages, so they couldn't be that good. Uh, I think that um, it was proven on the day when we, we ripped them apart. Um, Jane, after that second leg against Benfica, become the into that the winter break, sorry, um, when some players from Arsenal and Manchester City headed to Dubai on uh, business. I say that very loosely. Um, this was sort of the low point for the whole WSL, wasn't it? this whole Dubai gate debacle? Yeah, it affected everyone, even the players that didn't go on holiday, teams that did nothing wrong. Like, it just it just put, like, a big, like, stop to the WSL, really, because, obviously, you had so many games cancelled because of the players that flew out then had to isolate or they'd caught COVID or whatever. And it was, it was shocked to see the sort of players that flew out go and break the rules when they shouldn't have done. Yeah, Meg, I suppose it was good that obviously Chelsea weren't involved in, in this situation, but also, you know, I think it was Birmingham had COVID issues, Bristol had COVID issues before this and they were forced to play, whereas these big teams seem to get, you know, in their favour. What was your take on the whole situation? Well, it, it quite annoyed me, actually, because I felt like when Bristol had to play Man City and they had to play and the FA made them play, 
like all these youngsters and then Man City got to their next game got to be like postponed and I just felt like it was almost kind of like a different thing for like the big teams in the WSL and that the fact that they kind of didn't really get any punishment for it. Yeah when you're growing the game you can't afford to make mistakes you know like that it just looks really really bad um, but you know Chelsea weren't involved as we said so, so good for Chelsea. Um, Jane run us through how 2021 started for Chelsea. Jane, run us through how 2021 started for Chelsea. So January kicked off with a 2-1 win over Manchester United. That was followed up with a 4-2 win over Manchester City in the quarterfinals of the Conti Cup. Chelsea ended the month with consecutive 4-0 wins over Aston Villa and Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, Meg, that United game, I remember at the time United were top and they were talking about their chances of winning the league um, and how good they had been. So, you know, this performance and this win was, was a crucial step towards us, you know, retaining the title again, because despite United's good start, you know, things were starting to get serious and we were showing now level was, was one above them. Yeah, um, it was a good game, especially because when we played them before and ended 1-1 and we hadn't really started the game very well. Um, it was definitely a good game. And I think with Man United still new to the WSL, I don't think they'd almost fully understood how how good the WSL is getting and has got in recent years. And the fact that they were at the top maybe was a shock to some because Man City and Chelsea and Arsenal hadn't really started the way that people expected, but it was good that we could knock them off. Yeah, it's, it's funny now because they finished fourth. Um, but, um, yeah, they were talking about winning the league. Lauren James impressed in this game, actually, and you know I think she caught the attention of a few at Chelsea, as we will see over this summer. Um, Jane, how could we not talk about the Conti Cup win over Manchester City? Um, the first win for Chelsea at the Academy Stadium. Uh, the game had everything really, didn't it? Two wonder goals from Ingle and Charles, you know, drama, extra time. What a great game. It was it was stressful, but it was worth watching it go to extra time. Obviously, Charles scored that brilliant goal that took us to extra time. It was just Everything that could have happened, like happened all at once in that game. Obviously, the weather was awful. I think there was snow, rain, hailstones. Like, everything was thrown at them. And to get a win against City makes it better. And to get our first ever win at the Academy Stadium as well, that was just another achievement Achievement ticked off Chelsea's list. Yeah, I think that's probably up with one of the games of the season, that, that one it was a special one. Meg, two games with sort of less thrills were the 4-0 wins over Villa and Spurs, but Villa, of course, was the 32nd consecutive unbeaten game for Chelsea. It happened exactly two years since defeat to Birmingham City. Uh, in my opinion, this was sort of Chelsea's biggest achievement, beating that WSL record of, of 31 games. Um, so what was your sort of memories of that, of that moment, of that reaction to, to becoming the all-time record holders? It's a really, really good achievement because as like the WSL is getting more competitive, it's less likely to happen. We're more likely to lose in the future. So to have that many wins in a run is a is a fantastic achievement. Yeah, absolutely. And that yeah, definitely one of the highlights of the year when you when you're speaking about it is everyone was saying breaking that record. Jane, that, that Tottenham match significant for another reason. After we won, we went top and we stayed there for the rest of the season. 
sort of January, 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 sorry, had four games in 14 days. So it showed the real strength and character of the squad, you know, to keep on winning and getting on top, didn't it? Yeah, we had a really busy January. And I think, to, like you said, we had four games in 14 games, uh, 14 days. Like it did not, it didn't seem like that as a squad when you were watching them play. They were still putting out the strongest team. They were still going for like for it and they just didn't stop and I think that's what helped us when we got to that top we wanted to keep that top position because we wanted to win at the end of the day yeah absolutely um, so just like Chelsea let's keep this train moving Jane how did February shape up so Chelsea started February with a 6-0 Conti Cup semi-final win over West Ham that was followed by Chelsea's only defeat of the season which was the shock 2-1 loss to Brighton Chelsea responded with a 3-0 win over Arsenal and then a 5-0 win over Bristol City. Yeah, Jane, when I asked people for their sort of memorable moments, the win over Arsenal that's been mentioned was one of the most popular ones that they, they spoke about. Um, but for me, that defeat to Brighton was the rocket the team needed in, in that moment in order for them to, to go on and win the league. When we look back at it now, how important was that defeat? I think it was... It was really important, really. The way we came back against Arsenal, you'd never think that we'd lost against a team like Brighton. And to win big trophies, you've got to lose games at some point. You can't you can't win everything. And in some ways, I'm glad it was a loss against Brighton and not a bigger team like uh, Arsenal or Man City. And I think it just helped us go on and get stronger because they knew... They needed to work together and they would be able to pull it back. Yeah, the best defeat of the season, I think we can call it. Meg, I think the reason the Arsenal win was so well mentioned was because sort of, it was so important how Chelsea responded because they hadn't lost, obviously, for two years um, in the league. That was um, So the way they did that, they really destroyed Arsenal, didn't they? And, you know, for me, it was one of, one of the hardest best games for Chelsea that game. Yeah, it was really important that we could bounce back that quickly because that loss, was, I think, was a shock to everybody, not just us Chelsea fans, but I think the whole of the WSL. And the whole team played absolutely amazing. And yes, Pernil was, she was fantastic. She proved why she was the best in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So a good month in February, sort of through to a Conti Cup final, a win over a rival, a shock defeat, but we bounced back well. Jay, March was a very busy, busy month. Um, how did Chelsea get through that one? So March started with the return of the Champions League with Chelsea beating Atletico Madrid 2-0. This was followed by another 2-0 win, this time over West Ham. Chelsea's secured progress in the Champions League with a 1-1 away draw at Atletico. On Mother's Day, Chelsea faced Bristol City in the Conference Cup final, winning 6-0. Then three days later, beat Everton 3-0. On the 24th, Chelsea faced, faced Old Foes Wolfsburg in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, winning 2-1 in the first leg. And a week later, won 3-0 in the second leg. Sandwiched in between those games was a 2-0 win against Aston Villa. Yeah, as many games in March as there was in September, October and November. Play <laughs> some of these games a bit earlier. Um, it's a lot to go through. Meg, let's start with the first game, that 2-0 win over Atletico Madrid. The Ingle red cards, the penalty saves, 
start of new Charles's fullback career. This was another game that had it all. Chelsea had a few of them this season, but this was one of them. It had completely everything. And I think if you were a neutral watching that game, it would just be like incredible to watch. But for us, I think it was a bit uh, nerve-wracking, especially when Ingle did get sent off. Um, but for Anne Katrenberg to save two penalties in one game is just... It's just amazing because saving one penalty in a Champions League in general is just so good. But to save two in one game is just fantastic. And I think like our defence really like stuck together when Sophie got sent off because it really could have gone downhill from them. Yeah, and it was one of the games where you know Emma can take a lot of credit because the way she swapped it up at, at half time and we really picked them apart, Atletico Madrid, and, and come away two 0 with with ten players. Um, in the Champions League is pretty special. Um, Jane, we've got to talk about the Conti Cup final. Um, it was a pretty comfortable win, wasn't it? Um, but unfortunately, the game is obviously remembered for the injury sustained by Mara Mielda near the end. Um, so, you know, a bittersweet moment with the celebrations, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a brilliant game. I was shocked that we did win it by so much. I did think... Bristol might have, not that they didn't put effort in, but maybe like tried to get a few goals. But I think our defence and the team we put out was just not letting them through. And then obviously, unfortunately, Marin picked up that injury. And it was sort of a bit like you don't want to celebrate because of what's happened, but then you do want to celebrate a big win. Yeah, there's a reason Bristol got relegated, Jane, and it's because they're not very good at football. Um, <laughs> what was sort of your reaction to that Marin injury because it, it really dampened everything that should have been you know, a fantastic evening. The players were visibly upset on the pitch and supporters were as well. Um, it was really like really sad to see that happen actually and what was awful is like the sound that she made when it happened because you could hear it 10 times more because there was nobody in the stage. It was it, it was awful and um, you could tell it was bad by how long that like how long it took to get her off the pitch. It just wasn't nice to see at all. But I can't wait till she's back. Yeah, good to see her walking unaided. I think um, recently, so you know, yeah. positive signs that she'll be back next season. Um, and hopefully, she can come back stronger than than she was before. Um, end of the month, saw the return of Wolfsburg in the Champions League. Uh, Meg, we rode our luck in that first leg. Wolfsburg missed some very very good opportunities, but the second leg. We took them apart again. I'm going to keep mentioning her, but Penilla Harder was absolutely fantastic in this game as well. Yeah, we were very lucky in the first half because Wolfsburg could have completely ended it in the first leg. But <clears throat> we seem to like have this thing where in the second leg we, we played like no one else. And I don't really know why that is, but we played really, really well in the second leg. And it was really nice to beat Wolfsburg twice. <laughs> Finally, um, but also it's good that we actually have another penalty taker with Marin being out. It's good that Panil can step up and take a penalty as well. Yeah, it's really nice we beat them 5 1 as well. I thought that was quite poetic that um, they don't to us and we got our own back in the best way possible. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheech. JK. 
In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boy's life. (laughs) It's all too much. (laughs) I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Ah, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Yeah, let's move on then to April. Um, Jane, only a few matches in April, but quite an important one nonetheless. So in April, we started with a 6 0 win over Birmingham City after the international break. Then after the international break, we faced London City Lionesses in the FA Cup, winning 5 0. Then on the 21st, we drew 2-2 at the Academy Stadium against Manchester City before losing 2-1 to Bayern Munich in the first leg of the Champions League semi-final four days later. Yeah, Jane, that game against Manchester City was sort of dubbed the title decider because we were, was it two points clear at the time? Um, so yeah, we, I think. Yeah, so if they I won, think it was that. Won, um, so Chelsea needed, obviously, just to not lose. Um and they needed the heroics of Anne Katschenberger to come away with that point, didn't they? Yeah, I think it definitely was the title decider. We we needed to win it. Like last season, that was the same. The same game was the title decider. So we needed to go there and win it. And without the likes of Anne Katschenberger, I think we would have lost this season completely, really. She's stepped up in so many games and she's been able to help us. And we've, we did get that valuable point from the game against City. Yeah, these moments, but that's that save at two-two. You know the the win against Arsenal, the reaction to the Brighton defeat. They're the moments that define the season for me, and that was such a massive moment. And without her, you know, I don't think we'd be talking about a WSL title win. I think City would have gone on, you know, to secure it. Uh, Meg, more Champions League football. Um, this first leg was probably the first time we've seen Chelsea's you know, attacking players kept quiet for a whole game. Um, we've got that fortunate Liverpool's goal where it hits her on the head and goes in the top corner. Um, you know, the, the, the real takeaway from the game was how Bayern were able to, to out Chelsea Chelsea, really, wasn't it? Yeah, they played really well. They had they obviously had a game plan and the manager had a game plan and it worked. Because by keeping Kirby and Kirk quiet, it like really disrupted everything just because of how lethal they've been together. And 
especially with being a word by and getting a result. But it was good that we did actually get an away goal, even though it completely, I think, took Leopold by surprise. Is <laughs> in the right of the head, but it's it was crucial that we did get that away goal. Yeah, it's one of those goals that I think that come back to Hawks in the final, actually. But we'll get onto that as we get into May. This is where it gets serious. This is where titles are won and lost. Um, Jane, let's let's have it. What did May look like? So May started with the second leg of the Champions League semi-final against Bayern, winning 4-1. Then Chelsea wrapped up the WSL title with wins against Spurs and then Reading. Then on the 16th of May, Chelsea played in the Champions League final, losing 4-0 to Barcelona. The season ended on the 20th of May with a 3-0 win over Everton in the FA Cup fifth round. Yeah, quite the month was May. Um, Jane, let's start with that 4-1 win over Bayern Munich, which wasn't quite a 4-1 kind of game but that's how it finished um, heading to extra time until the 84th minute when Pinnan Harder scored that header uh, followed by the stoppage time open goal from Frank Kirby um, I think I said this already but this actually was the game of the season wasn't it um, I think it could be that one and the City game in the Conti Cup was definitely my two games of the season like everything was happening obviously the team knew Bayern wanted it as much as we did the team knew what they had to do and it was str- it was stressful and I was glad that final whistle went. Yeah, I think we all were. Um, Meg, Jane mentioned being stressed uh, not just once tonight. Um, we've had a lot of games that have had lots of excitement and lots of thrills. So it was really, really nice on the final day against Reading that they strolled through to a 5-0 win we didn't have to worry about the league title. They just wrapped that up nicely with a with a bow on it. I was actually a little bit nervous before kickoff, only just because um, sometimes you can't guarantee what Reading might actually do. And I remember a couple of seasons ago, they used to actually quite scare me sometimes. I think they used to like really threaten us. But I think the second the first goal went in, I think as usual, it just calms everybody down. And yeah, they. Yeah, they were fantastic that game, and it was just great to have, like, to be able to win it back to back is a huge achievement. And I think everybody enjoyed that game, especially afterwards. And I think Sam Kerr may have enjoyed it a little bit more than anybody else. Yeah, she was um, trolleyed, so to speak. Jane, obviously, you was at Kings Meadow, not in the ground, but outside during the title celebrations. Yeah. And that was a, a lovely moment at the end when they come over with the trophy. Um, to celebrate if you wasn't it yeah it was a lovely moment to actually see see them there and sort of appreciate that we we was there outside cheering them on and like Megan said Sam was definitely she definitely enjoyed herself a bit too much I wish we had the full footage of afterwards like just everything they got up to uh, she was doing karaoke crazy um, what a party that would have been it would have been good to be at that one um, Jane, I suppose you'd better talk about that night in Yotabori. Um, I'll say it properly this time. I bottled it last time. Um, 4-0 loss to Barcelona. The game was over after 30 minutes. Chelsea had gone down after 30 seconds. Uh, just wasn't to be, was it? And it was sad for us to lose in that manner because I don't think we deserved it, did we? No, I really don't think we deserved to lose 4-0. I think... We had so many chances and in other games, then goals would have gone in. But I feel like because it was such a big game, they was just like, nah, we're not letting them win this one. 
And my the way I look at it is they wanted to win it with the fans. They're going to wait till next year and win it when we can all be there. Yes, good hope to cling on to. Meg, um, <laughs> so the final was absolutely heartbreaking, wasn't it? Um, what did you make of it? Was Emma wrong tactically? Were the players naive? Were Barcelona just too good? Or a combination of everything? I think a combination of everything. I think... <clears throat> I think our lack of experience in the Champions League final really showed. And I think with Barcelona having lost to Lyon in their last Champions League final so badly, I think they learned every mistake and that they were like they really wanted it really bad. But I think I think we will learn from it like we did versus Arsenal after the Brighton loss. And I think yeah, we'll get it one day. I think Winning it in Turin sounds a little nicer than um, winning it in Sweden, especially if it's sunny in Italy. But yeah, yeah. As as I said afterwards, it, it wasn't to be for Chelsea, and you know, Barcelona have shown how to react from losing a final pretty badly, and to come back and the way they play is fantastic. So I'm excited for what whatever and Chelsea are going to do, especially seeing Roman Abramovich at the game and in the dressing room afterwards. I think he's going to. Um, he opened up his wallet again for Emma to um, get some reinforcements in where needed. Um, and then, of course, the season ended with the FA Cup win over Everton, meaning Chelsea remaining contention for a treble. Um, that obviously won't be happening until December, the FA Cup final, but, um, you know, be a good way to finish off the season that's just finished next season. Does that make sense? I don't know. Um, Jane, how are you going to rate the season out of 10? I'm going to rate it 10. You couldn't ask anything else from the team. They they went and did the most they possibly could. And there's nothing else you could expect from them. Yeah, I would have given it a nine just because of the final. I think it was just, the only, that was the downer. Meg, what about you? <laughs> I was going to give it a nine and a half because of the Champions League final. <laughs> there you go. Got um. Jane, the, the eternal optimist, Meg, the realist, and me, the, the pessimist of, of the podcast today. Um, Meg, one of the biggest responses about this season when I asked people was Kirby, that is Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby. Um, what a season they had together. People weren't sure how they would play together, but they complement each other really well, don't they? Yeah, just fantastic. It's, I've seen quite a lot of people say that it's almost like telepathic like how they like know where each other are at all times to assist each other. I think I think they've just been amazing and to score over 50 goals between each other is just just outstanding. Yeah, and they're only going to get better as well the more they sort of have pre-seasons and stuff together and the more they play together. <laughs> it's going to be scary to watch them next season. Uh, Jane, a season full of awards. Sam Kerr, the Golden Boot, AKB, the Golden Glove, Emma Hayes, the Manager of the Year, and Frank Kirby, the Barclays Player of the Season. I think she's got some more awards to come as well. What award do you want to talk about? Um, I'll go with Fran's Player of the Season. I think just the way she's come back, I've said it before on the podcast, the way she come back from her injury last season, it's sort of like you wouldn't expect someone to come back so strong and so like fighting the way she did from such a big illness that she had and I know all from other teams they are all they all know Fran deserved that award and that they all they all like congratulated her about it yeah she 
was phenomenal this season. Um, as we'll see uh, in a short while with our awards. Um, Meg, what award would you like to um, have a little say on? I think Anne Catherine Berger, I think I just, I think she's just the best. <laughs> to me, the fact that she's only got two caps for Germany is still beyond me. And the fact that she is 30 and she only has two caps is, is silly with what she's shown this season, but I'm sure she'll have plenty more. She's practically saved us at every single moment that we needed to be saved. And I think she did get a like again in the Everton FA Cup game. I think she definitely helped us win. Yeah, that was going to be the one I chose because we're guilty of this, Jane. We talk about Kirby, Kerr, Harder, you know, the attacking players and what they do. But, you know, as Meg said, what she AKB did for us this season was huge on a number of occasions, not just once. So for her to win, you know, a shout out for Sam Kerr as well. Not bad for a flop to be the Golden Boot winner. Um, she's going to have some competition for her own teammates next season, I think, for that one. But, you know, she's been a joy to watch as well. And the fact she loves to, to get drunk as well, that's endeared her to me even more. Um, so I think that's a nice way to round off the review of the season. You know, 39 games, 122 goals, one WSL title, one WSL record, one Conti Cup, and hopefully an FA Cup as well. But um, I think that's what we'll call success this season. Uh, but fear not, there's more. This is time for us to reveal our end of season awards. Uh, we've gone with five categories. They are player of the year, young player of the year, um, goal of the season, moment of the season, and social media personality of the year. Um, Jane, the first award we want to talk about is a young player of the year. Um, this has been an easy one to decide, really, wasn't it? Um, this player's had a fantastic season. Found herself playing out of positions on a number of occasions, but she's risen to the sort of risen to the to the moment, hasn't she? Yeah, definitely. Like it was it was an easy one to decide on. Obviously, a lot of the young girls haven't had much playtime compared to this player. Um, so congratulations to Neve Charles, who won the Went to Mo Kings Meadow Young Player of the Year 2020 to 2021. Yeah, well deserved. Um next up we're gonna go with moment of the season. Um this reward for something of sort of immense importance that happened during the year, for example, sort of AKB's penalty saves, Frank Kirby becoming your time top goal scorer, um, Sam Cohen in the golden boot. Um, however, there's only one moment that we could choose and, and for me is the reason that Chelsea won the title and that was AKB's save against Manchester City in the two-all draw. Uh, Meg, do you agree with our decision on that moment of the season? Definitely, I think that's, yeah, that save definitely like won it won it for us and um I heard that um Farrah Williams had said that that was the best save she'd ever seen and I probably actually agree with her I think it was just incredible women's goalkeepers always seem to get like a bit of a bad like comments about them maybe because they're not as tall as men's goalkeepers but I think that save was just it was just amazing yeah it didn't win Barkley's save of the season don't know how um <laughs> But yeah, for us it did. So yeah, congratulations to Anne Katrenberger. We're at the Went to Mo Kings Meadow Moment of the Year Award. Uh, next up, goal of the season. Jane, so many you could choose from. Uh, there's some Sophie Ingle wonders, uh, Liverpool's rocket, Sam Kerr's headers, Frank Kirby's amazing solo runs, Bernard Harder's flicks. 
but the winner that we've chosen was just that little bit of extra special, wasn't it? Yeah, there was, what, over 100 goals we could have picked from. They were all brilliant goals, no matter who scored them. But our winner was Neve Charles, so congratulations to her, the winner of the Went Smokings Mellow Gold of the Season Award. Just for the avoidance of doubt, that was the Conti Cup goal that sent it into extra oh, time. Yeah. Um, what a goal that was. Um, the next award is a very special award for a uniquely one for Went Smokings Meadow, and that's the Social Media Personality of the Year. Uh, so as you know, listening to this, that I love using our Twitter account to you know spread the love and positivity around this team, including singing some songs, which I'm eternally sorry for. Um, but you know, people ask for them, so I did it. Um, I also love that sort of the players on the team are so engaging with supporters. You know, they love to interact with fans. You probably could have picked any one of this squad to win this award because they all do so much on social media. But you know, for us. There can only be one winner, and I'm sure you'd all agree that this this player has been a revelation online. She's only played two games for Chelsea, but the fan base absolutely love her. We love her. The winner of the Went Smoking's Meadow Social Media Personality Year Award goes to Sakira Muzovic. Meg, she's been a fantastic addition to this squad, hasn't she? Yeah, she really has. I think she's fantastic. She's like become my favourite person almost, and her like her Twitter bio is is fantastic if you haven't read it you definitely should it's it's great <laughs> yeah we we love Sakira and she's so funny and she's you know, intelligent as well and what she does with her platform is what all players should do I think you know there's a mix of interacting with fans and there's a mix of sending a message from the platform that she has she does that really well so you know that's our first first win um, I'm sure she'll be in the mix again next year um and then finally, the main event, you've got the Player of the Year. Um, in a season where we've won the Conti Cup, we've got to the, uh, the final of the Champions League, we've broken all sorts of records. You thought this decision might be a little bit difficult, but um, Jane, there's only one winner, only one deserving winner. And what she's done on the pitch has been superb, but also what she's done off it to come back to the level that she's reached this year you know, is, is the reason that she's our winner, isn't it? Yeah, I think everyone will agree with us on who we've picked. She sort of, we don't really have to say the name. I think people could guess who it is. Um, but just the way she's come back and she's worked so hard this season to help us get to where we have got to. So, of course, the in, in, inaugural. In, what was it? Inaugural. Sorry, I couldn't pronounce that. Inaugural winner of the Went to My Kings Meadow Player of the Year award is Super Frank Kirby. Meg, it, it couldn't be anyone else, could it? It had to be Frank Kirby. No, it, it, it really couldn't. <clears throat> there really aren't enough words to actually describe her. I think you could probably spend hours talking about how amazing she is. <clears throat> but the way that she bounced back after that terrible illness is just it's just amazing. It shows how hard she's worked, how hard she's worked to get back this season. And she's just amazing on and off the pitch and it's just been so good to have her back this season because I really really missed her last season. Yeah we've got some really amazing graphics um, to highlight our winners which I'm going to post tonight so you would have already seen them probably on social media. Um, we paid for professionals to actually make these so they are good aren't they Jane? Yeah they are a lot better than what me and Dean could have done so yeah. Yeah if you wanted a picture of a stick man I would have done it, but you want saying more better than that. So um, we paid for the professionals to come in on this job. Um, 
and with that, yeah, that's that's all we've got time for this week. Unfortunately, we've, we've wrapped up a whole season in an hour, which is pretty impressive, if you ask me. Um, we're going to go on a little little summer holiday for a week or two, maybe. Um, we've got plenty more content lined up through the summer, including sort of transfer specials. Hopefully, a history of Chelsea FC women. Hopefully, some interviews with people at Free as well. We're working on lots of different stuff. Um, so you've got to make sure you subscribe to our Patreon in order to listen first when these are published. So if you're listening and you're not on Patreon, then it's been on there for about two weeks now. So you're really missing out on, on hearing this stuff first and foremost. Um, you can find us at www.patreon.com forward slash went to Kings Meadow. Jane, what a season. It's been a blast. I'm so glad that we, we started this uh, falling in love with this team they're superb it's been great to talk to you every week about Chelsea it's been a brilliant season and it's been a great seat like the achievements we've won it's been good to be able to talk about it on the podcast and have people all different Chelsea fans come on and talk to us about their experiences and their views of the games yeah it's been the highlight of my week every week is doing went to Mo Kings Meadow um, even when they lost uh Meg, huge thank you for coming on. I know it took a lot for you to, to do that, to take the step, but you know, you've been fantastic. And I'm sure everyone listening will agree and they'll, they'll let you know how great you were. Yeah, so thank you for joining us and I hope you'll be back next season. Thank you for having me, definitely. <laughs> that's good. So you can let us know how great Meg was on Twitter. That's at Mokings Meadow. You can follow me at Dean Mears, Jane at Jane Chapel X, and Meg at Mega Hearn. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at Wet Kings Meadow. Um, and don't forget, you can contact the show all through the summer on Wet Kings Meadow at gmail.com. Let us know anything you want to say. We'll reply. We'll include it in the podcast as we do them over the summer as well. Uh, and so the final word this week is just you know, a big thank you to everyone that's listened this season, that shared our podcast, that followed us on Twitter, that signed up to our Patreon. Um, so if you are what makes doing this so enjoyable and you know, we love each and every one of our listeners and our friends as we call them now as well. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.